Hi there, welcome to episode 94 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership, and I'm your host, Yo Kenny. Today my daughters, Emma and Kiki, are back in the house. And we have Courtney Lee joining us, who is founder and CEO of OYT Cosmetics. We got into some really delicious conversation about authenticity and beauty. Plus, we'll share what we love about Courtney's makeup line. It sounds like fun, no? For those of you who don't know my career, I started in the beauty field from 1981 until 1991, managing skincare, fragrances, and color cosmetic lines. So it was great to talk with Courtney about what she sees happening in that world today. OYT is a Vancouver-based LGBTQ2 plus owned and operated company committed to delivering ethical, cruelty-free beauty products that inspire inclusion around the globe. Courtney says this about her company's goal. At OYTC, we want to ensure that no one gets left behind. Our mission is to not just create an inclusive space to deliver high-end beauty products, but to encourage inclusive behaviors and safe environments everywhere we go. We want to break down barriers and open up space for conversations that bring us closer to a more connected and compassionate world. And she is definitely a girl taking the lead. We hope you'll enjoy the listen. Here you go. So hello, my team. Welcome to Girl Take Lead. The house is full today with guests. I'm so excited. And uh, why don't we start first with the uh, Canny team checking in. Emma, you want to go first and introduce yourself? Hi, it's Emma. I'm the millennial that comes on from time to time. Okay. Kiki? And hi, I'm Kiki. I'm the Gen Zer that comes from time to time, and I'm really happy to be here, Mom. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great. I think we're going to have a great time. And Courtney, oh my gosh, we are so excited to have you. We have had so much fun with your products and everything, and we just can't wait to talk to you. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Great. And do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself and about your cosmetic line? Absolutely. So I am a 31 year old female trans entrepreneur from Vancouver. Um, I own a cosmetic line that I started uh, about four years ago now, which seems crazy that the idea kind of came from there. But recently rebranded about two years ago as what we are now, which is OYT Cosmetics. And we're just an inclusive, ethically sourced, positive, body positive brand that's trying to make an impact in the beauty community that authenticity and whatever beauty looks like for everybody should be included in the process of the beauty industry rather than just your typical easy, beautiful, stunning models. (laughs) 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 We are so happy to hear that. When you saw the opportunity in the market 
for your line? You know, what, what did you see? What, what was happening that you felt this group was underserved? So when we look at what happened kind of just around COVID and pre-COVID times, there's still such a need for representation within the beauty industry. And although there was more brands contributing to things, they always revolved around pride. It was always just kind of like rainbow washing marketing where you would see like trans faces and other queer faces pop up into marketing. And it was never something that was actually being held out throughout the year. And when you look at resources that those brands were offering for the queer community, there was absolutely none. So it was like, they're happy to do a quick casting call for a bunch of queer people on Pride Month and, you know, rainbow wash their packaging. Mm-hmm. But in terms of impact of the brand, nothing was happening. So we maybe had like a tiny bit of representation happening in a marketing strategy. But again, it wasn't anything for the queer community. It wasn't helping anything. Um, if anything, it was kind of just taking away from from what the actual purpose and point of having representation is. So Mm -hmm. I think that I just got to a point where I was looking for resources in my transition and they just didn't exist. And I finally had that moment where it was like, okay, like if it's not there, do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So was it kind of in the area of coverages and um, color correction? I mean, like what, where did you begin to see that the product development you needed to do would expand for your audience? I think even in resources of like how to do makeup, that's kind of where it started for me. Like I was just trying to find resources to learn and like understand and kind of explore makeup. And the only resource that was really around when I transitioned was YouTube. And so I found a lot of information from there. But again, when it came to trans feminine people doing makeup and talking about their experience was maybe three well-known trans advocates that were making video content like that at the time. And none of it came down to specifics about, you know, ingredients that are helpful and coverage and Mm -hmm. foundations or whatever that looked like, color correction. So it was challenging to try to navigate that area and find what worked for me But in doing research after starting the company and knowing things that are consistently good, specifically for people going through HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy or or laser hair removal, which a lot of trans feminine people opt in for um, to remove any facial hair, your skin goes through a process there. And there's a lot of things that can be put into uh, a foundation that's going to help with coverage, with color correction, with making sure that your skin is moisturized and healthy because it goes through a lot when you go through laser. Mm-hmm. There was looking at this and saying, there's this group of people and there's, you know, it might be a niche need, but it's still a need in the market. And nobody was tapping into it. Nobody really cared about that. You're mm-hmm. happy to bring the trans femme person into your marketing strategy for the month, but you're not willing to make any products that are actually designed for them. So right. right that was the opportunity of we need representation, we need education, but we also just deserve to go into a place, you know, like Sephora or Shoppers Beauty or wherever and have products that are made for us by us as well, rather than mixing six different foundations to try to achieve that right formula. Mm. And the right coverage. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I, I really think that 
you, your brand and the way that you're, you've even named your products has been so welcoming to everybody. I mean, I, I know we were all having a great time and uh, probably we have our faves. Um, Key, what, what was your favorite product name that you came across? Um, Boosty Girl was definitely my fave. I love that. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, yes, Courtney. I loved that. Um, that was just so much fun. And there, there's so many other uh, names that I really admired and just like kind of make you smile, you know, and if you know, you know, so it's really fun. We named that with my assistant and I remember going through the process of that specific product. And I was like, I just want it for like, you know, the busy girl that has like a quick compact that can go from like her quick morning routine to get into the office and then like pop it open and go for a bit more drama midday or if they have a date late at night or whatever it is. And we were trying to play on the word busy. And then all of a sudden it just kind of popped into my head and I was like, I mean, this works. (laughs) (laughs) It does work. It works wonderfully. I love it. And uh, I was going to say the everyday goddess. um, That was mine too. I love everyday goddess. I like that one. The first product I named was the everyday goddess liner pencil. I think that was, yeah. um, With like the full brand rather than just the one product that was being offered. Yeah. That was the, the first product that I sat down with and was like, I need something to just feel like your everyday goddess, like go to felt good. Yeah. Love it. How about you, Em? What was your favorite? Well, I like the ones that have like a slight penchant for violence. Like <laughs> <laughs> don't F around liner is a personal thing. As a field weapon concealer. Love it. That was my favorite too. <laughs> <laughs> what about cover your sins i thought that one was pretty good too just cover your sins, like, cover yeah. your sins. and yeah. that all started with a bit of a marketing strategy for what the foundation is because that's like our full coverage i mean that could be called don't f around too you know like it mm-hmm. does not f around when you use that you're good until the next day and sometimes you're good for the whole next day <laughs> but cover your sins was just like I wanted a foundation, A, that was really great coverage for trans femme people that were, you know, struggling to hide any sort of facial hair, if that's what they were trying to go through and they wanted that coverage. But I also just wanted it for like those young girls that are going out, having a great time, waking up and need to go to the office, but you know, you're next to whoever and you don't have time to do your makeup and just wanted to like be on there. So you just cover up anything that happened the night before and look fresh and stunning and fun. So cover yeah. your seemed like it made a lot of sense. <laughs> it definitely does. One of the things that, that you mentioned and you talked a, a little bit about, but we've been talking among the three of us a lot about authenticity and honesty when it comes to being an influencer. I, I know that, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that and beauty? Because beauty can be all about not being authentic. 100%. And I think a lot of marketing for beauty up to, you know, mid to late 2000s wasn't authentic. And that was where a lot of the problems started when we saw younger and younger and younger women that had confidence issues, that had self-worth issues, because we're pushing this marketing strategy that's never going to be achievable And then telling women that we're never enough and you need to buy all these things to try to be enough. But, you know, there's never 
a chance of you hitting this finish line of enough is enough. I had to sit down with myself recently and say the same thing of like, what is authentic? What am I doing to add to the conversation rather than adding to the noise? I have separation between all of the businesses and my influencer and social media business was something that started me. You know, that's where I began was in social media and making content. And that's how we got OIT Cosmetics off of the ground. So I owe a lot to it. But at some point, I just stopped feeling like I was doing it for me. And I started to feel like I was, you know, taking things off a list. We, you know, we have teams that are strategizing with us that are, you know, saying like, oh, you should be doing this. And for the algorithm and the social media team is like, you need to be posting once a day and this and this. And it's just like, okay, but I'm posting. And now I feel like I'm just adding to the digital world of clutter. And I'm not bringing anything that feels authentically me anymore. Mm. Makeup for me had always been this armor that I love that made me feel powerful and strong. And then it slowly kind of turned into a mask for my insecurities around my transness and like my trans identity. I was using it as a clutch to express femininity rather than just allowing myself to love my divine feminine within no matter what. So my personal brand had to change quite a bit. And the language that we're using now around my personal brand and around OYTC and all of our other businesses is a lot more direct in how we approach authenticity. I think that it's extremely important that we represent people that want to find beauty in everything, not just what your stereotypical white cis, I mean, from the most part, like heterosexual male objective of a beautiful woman is, but how we find beauty within ourselves as a community, um, especially for people that are underrepresented. So there's a lot of conversation around how do you be authentic and especially for brands, especially for beauty brands. But mm -hmm. I think that those conversations all need to start within and it's how do I approach life and my work in the most authentic way that's genuine to me. And then it slowly kind of trickles into the businesses that you're running because you're approaching life in that way, if that yeah. makes sense. Totally. Well, it's so, so beautiful to hear. I, when I, when I marketed, my career started back in the eighties and, you know, it was the unforgettable woman. And it was using models who were very much aspirational. And today there's still, the models are still working. That's they're still there, but it just seems that it is more approachable that beauty can be like, I'm going without makeup today, or I'm putting it on because I'm feeling it. Or I'm not Hopefully. feeling it. And I'm not feeling less about myself in those two situations, but I don't uh, know, girl. It's not feeling less than yourself because I think there's that understanding of what makeup is for people should be for us. So however you want to express yourself, if you want to throw on a full face or do something dramatic or have like a really fun, funky look, like anytime that you're putting something onto your body, it should be for you and how you feel or want, you know, to be seen or perceived or whatever that is for you. But the second we start doing something for other people or for a standard that's being held over our heads, 
is when it's no longer serving us. Mm -hmm. I think like for me, like my attitude towards makeup has changed a lot. Like, so like pre-pandemic, like probably like when I was in college from like 2012 to 2016, it was like, let's pack it on. Let's do the goth lips, do something super crazy with the eyes. Like, let's do all this. And it was more, it was definitely more of like a creative outlet. And I think for me, it was like, I was going out, I was going out and partying. I was going to have fun with friends. Like I was wearing it to kind of like portray myself as like, like an elevated version of myself. But it's weird. I think now post pandemic and especially, I think it's also now that I'm like a little bit older, I'm like skincare, 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 skincare. So, sorry about that, honey. You might have gotten a little. The change happens fast. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's definitely, I'm seeing my like skincare makeup life more as kind of like an investment into like myself. Mm-hmm. And I think in that way, it's like that attitude's definitely changed. But I think the, I think you're right, like Courtney, the, the, the purpose of like your expression is like for the sake of yourself. And for what you want to portray to others rather than like necessarily what people expect out of you. Exactly. Not your sun sign, not your moon sign. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, I mean, there's so many brands that have used different marketing strategies. You can look at Victoria's Secret um, and what that industry did for, a, you know, a lot of women and lack of self-confidence and these massive brands that come out that have this physique, that have this look. And then at the end of the day, the whole company is run by, you know, an old white dude. And it's just like, at what point can us as a group of women sit down and say, we're going to show you what we think is beautiful. And this is what, you know, our standards are for ourselves, and what make us feel comfortable and us feel good. And we don't really care what your standard or what you want. Like, there's a lot of different web browsers. You can go down to see whatever you want to see, but that doesn't mean we need to have it in every marketing strategy and every screen, you know, watching all these women walk down runways that for the most part, you end up seeing interviews later talking about how completely unhealthy and mentally unstable they were in the highlights of their careers. And it's just, you know, it's mind blowing that we still have this kind of lingering over so many young women's heads, especially in North America, of, you know, you need to be tiny. You can't be eating. You can't be, you know, you need to have makeup on. You need to have newest trends. You need to be buying this and that. It's just like, there's so much limit in how we as women can express ourselves when we're constantly trying to chase this finish line that's unachievable. Absolutely. You uh, bring up Victoria's Secret and it reminded me of even my own experience watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show as a probably as a middle school mom. I don't know if you remember this, but we had just gotten Su Hong or Chef Kwan for dinner. Chinese Courtney, takeout. Yeah, it's the best Chinese takeout in our neighborhood. It's the best. And I uh I I usually get some delicious chow fun from there. But I remember being so depressed eating my chow fun in my bed, watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show, just being like, wow, I'm never gonna look like that. It's just shoveling food like it's a coping mechanism and I look back at that younger version of myself I wish I could give her a hug and just say like it's okay as as you mentioned Courtney like these uh, models go through so much stuff before they go through crazy workout regimens 
uh, you know, like spa treatments, just crazy stuff. Like they do not look like that on on average day. And yet that's like, that was such a big part of like pop culture were those fashion shows. And now you see a brand like Fenty Beauty coming out with more like, you know, diversity, even with like, you know, dancers and, and stuff like that. Um, with their like performances within the fashion show. I'm really happy to like see that. Um, yeah, it was tough to be young back then going through that. I think we all can relate. You know, like they're air, a, they're airbrushed and covered layers of makeup. And then there's filters on the cameras that are filming it. And like, you know, that's not, it's just not realistic standards. And that's the thing, again, coming back to like being authentic, how do we represent beauty so that our youth can look in the mirror and feel beautiful when they're looking at TVs where people are constantly retouched. They're looking at photos on social media that are completely Photoshopped and edited. There's just filters on absolutely everything now. It's just like, it's so easy to lose that core identity and find beauty within yourself when everything is so fucking altered all the time. And it just doesn't make sense for us to feel like we need to be completely limited in our confidence because of what has happened generationally but I mean really specifically from like 1995 to 2005 where everything changed and with the growth of social media and with the representation of what was happening with women's beauty around that time you know it was like the Paris Hilton and like low-cut jeans and not eating anything ever so that you just look like <laughs> walking skeleton it's like that's not it's not beauty I don't know how that ever became the beauty standard to try to reach but as a female entrepreneur that's trying to help correct what's happening in that industry that's something that we pride ourselves on a lot at OYTC is how do we make sure that whatever marketing strategies we're using are completely authentic inclusive and showing what our view of real beauty is which is you know people in life enjoying life and feeling good about themselves yeah i would also add something about humor in your mission because i think because you don't take it so seriously and it's fun and it's approachable for anybody it's welcoming to everybody i i would add humor to that list of things too our humor comes like very indirectly, but me and um, my business partner, Cass, we both appreciate the humor that we've found throughout our lives. And I think that's, you know, any trans person, I think, can speak to having to find humor in a lot of situations, especially when I first transitioned and I was trying to learn how to do makeup and hair and all of this stuff. Like if I didn't find humor in my learning and growth, I probably just would have been an extremely depressed person throughout that entire process. But the humor kind of just comes in tied from, I think, like our take on life and our day-to-day for both kind of comedic people. (laughs) It's great though. (laughs) Unintentional, but it's there. (laughs) Oh, I think that, that, that makes it feel like we're part of the family, you know, when there's the inside joke, you know, or you recognize the name and you make a, you know, you can see something humorous about it. You know, it, it, it's inclusive. It's another way of being inclusive. So I had asked you when we met, what's the one product you wished everyone would try? Mm. And what was that? 
our tinted moisturizer. Right. So listeners, I kid you not, I went and ordered it and I actually got the right color and everything. And if you, if you see this little video, I don't know if we'll take a part of it, but she's so right. This product has a wonderful, we use the word slip. I don't know if you still use that in the industry, but a nice feel that when you try to move it, it moves very easily and very nice and it's tint and touch up, which I, I, I got to tell you, I thought that was a terrific name for this because it made it feel like I should use it more than once. One like, can. Right. But see, I, I think sometimes I feel like I put my moisturizer on and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And this gave me permission to use it more than once. And I know that may not sound like eye-opening to people. <laughs> they might go, yeah, it's always been that way, but I haven't uh, thought of it that way. So, you know, I got to give you kudos on that. I mean, that helped me use the product more, which I'm sure delights the, like you, someone like you who is going, yes. yes. I mean, we love when people use the <laughs> um, But I think that also, when you look at why we don't use a lot of skincare products more than once in a day, it's because of their price points. Mm-hmm. Like I, there are a lot of skincare brands that I do love, um, but you look at what the cost is of this dollop of moisturizer that you're getting. So you're kind of like, you're going in just to make sure that like your skin feels covered, but you're yeah. not going to use it or reapply. And that was something that, was consideration when we came out with this product. And this was our longest product in development Mm. because I wanted this product so badly. And I had such a clear image of what I wanted for this product. And I wasn't willing to compromise on any of it. And I tried so many tinted moisturizers. I filled probably three different shopping carts with all different (laughs) brands to like figure out exactly what I loved and hated about all of them. And what it came down to was it was either always too much coverage or it was too greasy or oily. Mm -hmm. There was just there. I never found one that was kind of in between. And so that is really where we dove in. I wanted you to be able to reapply it. I wanted it to be great for your skin so that you feel good putting it on. Just have that right amount of coverage where it's just like a little bit of a perfecting glow but not a coverage where you feel like you have anything on your skin or you have like a concealer or a foundation. It's just something to like give you that little oomph in your step, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I totally get it. And it just is something that, you know, I could feel natural with. I don't, I can just sort of do very quickly, especially on the weekends and stuff that I'm running around. Mm -hmm. And like the girls also tried products. So I know we all tried different things. So Emma, what did you try? I tried the Bussy palette and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I really have a hard time finding palettes that have like really good pigment, but also don't fall out. Cause I, what I tend to do these days is I finger paint a lot of my eyeshadows just to get the heat and blend it out a little bit better. Um, because for some reason I don't use eye primer, which like I should, but I don't. It's like beautiful. Like it's literally like there's no changing color from the palette to like putting it on your skin. It's like fantastic. And I'm kind of keeping my eye out for like the, when the bigger ones come in stock. Cause I'm like, I need to replace like, 
I have some ones from like a brand that shall not be named on this podcast that like <laughs> are, you know, they're not great and yeah. they're probably not safe to use anymore. So I, I'm like keeping an eye out to be like, all right, I'm buying those. Okay. Well, we'll just get one off to you a hundred percent. Um, let me know I'll, I'll pay money for it I'll pay you <laughs> you all. we're all signed up Love. how about, how about um, you the cult. how about you Kiki what did you you went with the liner right yeah I went with the everyday goddess liner because I'm a big eyeliner girly especially um I love brown eyeliner um but I for black I really like doing like a tight line and I really um I like formulas that are creamy but then stay, you know, especially if you like to blend it out. But I love that it had like a sharpener in there. It's like the big thing that I'm always really picky about. I'm like, it needs to have a sharpener because I like to have the, you know, nice, nice sharp tip if you're doing uh, like liner on the eye. But it's perfect for tight lining, for like a smoky eye. It, I loved it. It was great. And it didn't move. I snuck a, a use of it. Before. She snuck a try. She was like, <laughs> I'm going to try this first. So well, um, it's yeah. especially when you're tight lining under your eye. If you have movability in the liner, all it really does is like run down into your lash line and then smudge down. And that's where you end up kind yeah. of with like raccoon smoke that like isn't the cute smoke that nobody wants. Right. So I needed it to be movable enough where you could actually get it into like a nice wing uh, if you wanted to pull it into a shape. Mm-hmm. But where the second that it was left so that it could turn from that like really creamy consistency into something that was going to stay. And I remember trying a few different ones and I basically just remember saying to them, like, I want it to be a liquid liner that is not liquid. (laughs) They're like, okay. Or like, sure, let's just make the impossible possible. But (laughs) they're, they're so incredible. The teams that we work with are so special and smart and brilliant in everything they do. Um, and they just bring, you know, everything to life for us. And it's, we're really grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and too, when I, we spoke, I asked you how I could address an issue I had with my makeup, which was keeping my concealer in place. And you said, yeah, translucent powder. And I went, oh yeah, I have translucent powder. Why aren't I using it? It's like, I almost think sometimes we should take a a picture of what we have in our drawers and go, what? I have that somewhere. Where is that? And the minute that I started using it, it definitely helped. So thank you for that suggestion. Uh Yeah. I think uh, people forget that powder has so many uses like translucent powders. I use every single day in a variety of different ways, but especially with full coverage concealer, that was one of my problems when I first started doing makeup is I didn't realize that you had to set everything. And I would just try to make sure everything looked good. And I'd be like, okay, we're good. And then half an hour later, everything's moved. And like my cheekbone contour is up here. (laughs) And I was just like, what am I doing wrong? And it was always so much creasing and concealer. And my friend's like, you're not setting your face, girl. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, ah, it's- yeah all makes sense. Yeah. That was my other product stay and slay mm-hmm. finishing spray. I loved it. I just wanted something refreshing. The only thing that I think at some point we would love to incorporate into that. So I really like continuous sprays. Like, I don't know if you've, anyone's used the Morphe finishing spray, but just the continuation of it. I recently tried uh, for a photo shoot and I loved it. So I think that's something that we want to move into at some point as well. 
just because when you're at the end of anything that's like a, a push bottle, you always kind of get like the sparks and it, you feel like the patches. Then you sit there for a minute being like, okay, please dry and don't like smudge or move anything. So Right. Or please don't leave like random dots on my yeah. face. Um, I love continuous sprays as well. They're really nice. So there's this one question. And at the end of it, when we talked before, I asked you this and it was such a good explanation. And I'd love for you to tell the story about why you named your company OYT. Yes. Um, so me and my partner Cass sat down. We're trying to think of what we wanted to rebrand as because originally it was Courtney Essentials and it was just, you know, my little brand that I had started. And we wanted the brand to have more autonomy in how it represented and what it represented in the beauty industry by itself so that it was, you know, a self-standing movement in what we were trying to create. And we were going through so many different name options. And one of the things that me and Cass realized we had heard so much in our life was, oh, you're trans. And what that meant for us was the way that somebody was saying it to us really gave us a gauge on our safety level around that person. Some people would say, you know, enthusiastically and excited and you immediately know that you're welcome and this person is supportive. And then you, on the other hand, you can see somebody say it in a way that's extremely judgmental and like taken back from, and you realize that either that person's opinion of you has now drastically changed just based on, on that one thing, or there might be a conversation that needs to be had, or, you know, you're, you might not be in a safe space anymore. And it's interesting how one tiny phrase could hold so much power for trans identifying people of what that meant for us. Mm -hmm. So OYT was just something that kind of came to light and we were playing with it. Me and Cass loved it. And then I remember Cass sitting on the floor and just going over like these different kind of gender marker designs for a logo. And he just turns his laptop around to me with like the OYTC and everything. I was just like hundred percent, like that's our brand. So oh. I feel so uplifted and um, so optimistic that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. Moves me a bit. I get a little emotional about these things, <laughs> but, but thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing and shining the light on an area that needed love and being embraced. So thank you. Thank you for your support. At the end of the day, like that's what means everything to us is to have people feel validated, feel seen, feel represented and loved, you know, and you're right. The beauty industry was so, so lacking yeah. love in the way that it approached. And I recently, I was just babysitting my friend's kids for a day um, and we put on, I don't know if anyone remembers 13 going on 30 where <laughs> sure. yes it's a fantastic movie but the part where she is proposing like her marketing strategy at the end where they take this like big corporate like pose blah 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 and then she pre presents like this beautiful authentic genuine kind loving embracing thing and I was just like oh my god yes I was like people have been understanding the value in this for, I mean, that movie came out over a decade ago, but it's still taking so long to catch up in the beauty industry. And there has been a lack of love for mm -hmm. so many different people, so many different races and communities that are underrepresented. 
And I think it's just time that everyone feels like they have a place. So mm. that's a great place to end. So thank you for being here. And girls, thank you for being here. <laughs> Love okay. it. Love it when you're here. So our listeners, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening today and we sure hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. Join our public Facebook group, Girl Take the Lead, or visit our website, girltaketheleadpod.com. We also have a YouTube channel where your subscription would be appreciated. And once you're on YouTube, just search at Girl Take the Lead. So here are the three takeaways from this episode. One, OYT Cosmetics addresses the lack of accessibility in the world of beauty with grace, style, and professionalism. And I would add a sense of humor. Two, Emma, Yo, and Kiki are very satisfied OYTC customers, and we agree that the one product everyone should try is the tinted moisturizer. And three, OYTC defines what it is to be inclusive. On Thursday, Emma and Kiki will return to talk with me about the movie Barbie and our five key takeaways from it. You will not want to miss that episode. It'll be quite the conversation. Thanks for being here and talk to you soon. Bye.